Hello and a warm welcome to this episode of the PPC Chat Roundup, a podcast where I round up the Twitter discussion that happens on Tuesdays at 5pm GMT, 12pm Eastern Time. I'm your host, Anu, recording from my studio here in London, UK, although I originally originate from Nigeria. And I do a special shout out, especially today, because I did realise that um, using the tool Chartable, I am ranked at 37, number 37 on Nigeria's podcast list with something which I'm really proud of. I think it's the highest of any of the other countries. I'm ranking in Portugal as well and Greece, I believe I saw, but I do feel very proud that I'm ranking in um, the Nigerian chart. chart. So I'm really grateful for my Nigerian listeners out there Um, and for everyone else as well in the US, in the UK and France and several other places. Welcome to this episode. I use this platform to share not just expert, but also my ideas and considered best practices about paid media and the direction the digital industry is going in. So if you want to keep up to date with my tips and tricks in the industry and get the latest on the podcast that has been called your go-to, if you don't make it to the PPC chat live discussions, and even if you do, then like, follow, share, retweet on that's right, Twitter with my handle, the marketing Anu, or just join us on our LinkedIn group, um, which is called PPC chat roundup podcast or if you're on Instagram, why don't you check us out at ppcchat underscore roundup to get quotes, snippets, memes and gifts that I like to share on my stories and some reels even maybe soon. I've got some like nice social media strategies that could include that in the near future. So yeah, follow me on any of, of those platforms. Today we're led again and ever so consistently by Julie Bicini, leading us on a very important topic where we talk about the art of saying no in PPC, especially at the beginning when we're trying to really trying to find our feet, trying to get those first few clients who might give away things for free or just do more than we've budgeted for, do more than what our scope of work indicates because we want to please a client. And we're going to talk about ways we say no respectfully, but also something that some in a way that communicates our worth which I think is a very important conversation not just for PPC but for any marketing job any business job any anything that you're doing especially for freelancers and contractors like I am so yeah I hope you enjoyed this episode today and take some very good lessons with you so yeah Julie welcomes us saying thank you for joining today we're going to talk about this art of saying no in PPC a skill that can be developed if you don't currently have it so yes even if you've been doing this for a long while it's never too late to start but first how are we doing and Dan Patterson um, starts us off saying doing okay it's a nice rainy day where he is Robert Brady as well goes doing okay it's an indoor kind of fall day Dwayne Brown joins us from Toronto saying second rainy day in a row as well making the best of it and getting some writing done and we also have Dylan online as well going and enjoying my last days until I move being blessed with sunny weather all week some mixed feelings there's from different people and i'm sure there'll be more people that join along the way but getting right into our questions julie asks us for question one saying do you ever say no to clients and or stakeholders if not why not 
And Sam starts us off saying all the time, saying no to bad stuff is the only way we can say yes to good stuff. Very well said. Sam continues, there's obviously nuance there and I 100% think you should explain your reasoning for the client. But at the end of the day, you are being paid to leverage your knowledge plus expertise to achieve a goal. If you aren't saying no, odds are you aren't doing that job. And then Julia Vice replies, yes, sure. It often comes down to what's possible. Facebook doesn't do that or about what's best for a campaign. Sean Ellie goes, yes, to try to keep them from being their own enemy. I think the client is paying us to be the experts in paid search and would be doing them a disservice if I didn't push back on bad ideas or let them know the possible consequences. And that's how I always start with things, letting them know the possible consequences. So I'd say, yes, I do say no to clients about things. And my way of doing it is not necessarily coming out with, no, I'm not going to do that. But let's just letting them know that what you're asking me to do will result into this. And when that comes from a client or as, as well, you know, a client wants us to do competitive bidding, letting them know what the case of that is going to be and how it can't be done efficiently all the time. So putting caveats in ideas that can't, that are probably not going to go right is a big thing. Julie Buccini then goes, I say no a lot, saying it in a way that was well received is most definitely a skill. Something you just need a hard no. Sometimes you just need a hard no though. Also, um, usually ask questions to definitely clarify what they're asking me to do before I trout out the no, unless it is a blatantly obvious case of no. So if you're going to ethics reasons or moral reasons, yeah, sometimes no is the best thing to just go ahead and do. Sarah Steeman replies saying, as I age, my no carries more weight because I have examples of the past Artemis, but, but sometimes experience gets more acceptance of a no. Robert Brady as well joins the conversation saying, I usually say no in a nice way by explaining the trade-offs, i.e. I can do what you're asking, but it will require me to not do X or it will cost you Y more this month. Exactly. So we did that with a client when I used to work in HSBC and they used to give, we'd have a whole task list of things to do and they'd want us to do things, you know, quickly, call us around one o'clock in the afternoon, two o'clock in the afternoon and say, can we quickly do this? And I'd go, well, this has been the task list that we discuss. If you want us to do this, this is the other thing that's going to have to go. So that's how I say no as well. Dwayne re- replies saying that we say no when it's really bad and when to do it. Always offer our reasons and point of view. We also try to offer alternatives or try to build on what outcome they are trying to achieve. Maybe there's a disconnect between task, project and outcome or goals. Yes, very important. Know what, the, know what they are trying to achieve. A lot of agencies might get annoyed with clients and that might be you know, well-founded, but it might be just the fact that they just don't know how to achieve what they're trying to get. And so if you get to the bottom of that great client client relationship will allow you to know what the pain point is and how to actually solve that. Dylan, uh, Dylan online replies as well, saying not as often as I should. I've always felt I meant to have this can do attitude, which has gotten me into a mess a few times can do attitude is good but yes it can get you into a mess if you just think if you just keep on going saying you can can do everything almost instantly regret not saying no straight after the conversation sometimes julia vice replies it takes practice both to actually do but to know when it's right to stand firm or be flexible keep trying you'll get there dylan replies yeah definitely agree i have gotten better with experience but i'm still catching myself out we'll definitely be practicing more often practice as practice makes perfect 
And we have John Rodriguez as well as replying saying all the time, usually when a client says this will be a great keyword to bid on because <laughs> they usually probably well, usually don't have a clue. Chris really replies, if you ask me two years ago, no, because I was afraid of being seen as selfish or not willing to go the extra mile. I now do say no when it's necessary, but 99% of the time I will say no, but not everything is possible, but sometimes you can compromise. It's not even about compromise. Sometimes you can just realize that they're trying to solve a problem. And so it can be no, but for the the issue that you're actually trying to solve this is a better solution i'm sure they'll be happy to hear things like that joe replies i think you have to be able to say no and also propose an alternative to achieve said goal yep just as i said shooting things down without proposing alternatives is never helpful very well said julie lang takes us on to question two saying are there certain requests that you will always say no to or want to say no to Things are ethically wrong, like bidding on, let's say, gambling sites. I'd never represent a client that is like, does gambling or smoking or the things that, as personally, I don't believe in and I don't want to promote people to do. Everybody is entitled to their choice, obviously, but whether I promote it to them is another thing. Sarah replies saying anything that is an atrocious experience or clearly extremely low budget, high competition space. Dave Galigwas goes, I know some campaigns get dropped my lap. What can we do for $300 on time in search? Nothing, please don't bother. Sarah Steeman replies with $15 CPC and $350 CPA. Yeah, those are some extreme cases. And we have Julia Vice as well replying to question two here saying anything unethical, certainly anything counterproductive, measuring awareness on traffic or conversions or leads. Those two categories are the main ones, I think. And we have Melissa McKee as well replying saying always is a little strong by generally saying no to competitor bidding unless the client has a separate budget and a proper landing page. Julie Bettini replies to question two, um, saying anything that is against a platform's rules is an automatic no from me. Anything unethical is a hard no. I also don't do more work than is in my contract without getting paid more ever. Exactly. Saying no to doing more. We got some Julia Vice as well saying, saying again to question two, saying I get myself into trouble here because I very much always find always want to find a way it's led to some rather robust conversations sometimes but you'd be surprised how far you can get by just expressing what you want Dwayne Brown replies hell yes we always say no to forecasting results both in pitches and with clients biggest wastes of time and then we have Sam replying to question two saying the straight out hard no requests one service a task we don't do two stuff that may be illegal Three, stuff that I think is unethical or makes me uncomfortable. John Kagan replies, stop bidding on brand. How about no? Stop bidding on his brand? Mm, really? Hard no? That's interesting. Then Roy Stevens replies as well, incrementality testing for the win. Robert Brady replies, most anything being pushed by platform reps. Yes, especially Google. Roshan replies to question one saying, indeed, I don't hesitate to say no reason on realistic goals or expectations. I always try to educate, but after a certain point, I prioritize mental peace over anything else. Best thing to do. John Regress replies to question two saying, I usually say no when it comes to marketing ops. I understand CRMs and how to leverage them, but I'm not your marketing ops guy. When it's, yeah, when it's outside your scope of work, 
it's definitely should always be a no unless they're going to charge unless you're going to charge more and then if not if it's not outside it's outside your skill set you should definitely always say no eric hyken replies to question two saying i'll make a red jump into this chat and say you should always say no to unpaid work in an interview process i don't care if they need to assess your abilities if it's work you get paid even in the interview process very true chris ridley replies any request that results in me doing more reporting than actual work any clients calls after 5 p.m or on weekends unless something is literally on fire any forms of performance guaranteed even guarantees even with all the data available i cannot predict the future very true and we have dylan responding to question two saying skills or services that i don't offer or have spent enough time learning rather just say it's not my expertise and try to find someone who can assist there's plenty of us in the community for us to be able to do that yeah lawrence chase replies to a question one saying yes i try and say no if i believe something would be a very bad idea some things are not possible or could cause damage to a brand a lot of ideas are meant as brainstorming thoughts so it's good to get them out and talk through them Julia Weiss replies to question three saying, I generally position it as something firm, but with an offer of what can be done and a pivot back to the original goal. Um, Larry replies to question two saying, I will always say no to things where I would not be able to tell my 94 year old grandmother about and be proud of. Yeah, you want to be able to say things, do say you do things that you're proud of dylan then responds to question three saying when i do say no i always try to provide enough information as to why it wouldn't be a good idea and enough information as to why we should go in a different direction or stick with what we're doing and in case i did miss saying mentioning what question three was julie asks us how do you generally position your no answers to clients and or stakeholders and we have julie herself continuing that um, answer saying that if it is an immediate obvious no situation i get right to it and explain why if it is less clear but questionable for any number of reasons i dig into the client thinking and try to get to their why and tackle it from there like to offer alternatives too chris ridley replies saying i always explain my reasoning and why saying no is in the best interest for the client or stakeholder if it's regarding a topic that i'm against then i'd be honest about the reason and might even offer to help them find a suitable alternative yeah always go for an alternative for them chris replies saying um julie's made a great point about when a situation is unclear i totally agree about digging into the rationale behind their request to work out if it's due to a misunderstanding and whether there is a better approach which doesn't involve me saying no and then we have mr google shopping himself kirk williams joining us in response to question three he goes respect always goes a long way whether it's deserved or not we try to never assume motive and to politely communicate our reasoning in pushing back on a request and then he continues assuming motive something i've definitely been guilty of in the past is what can derail a good relationship i'm surprised sometimes to learn i was thinking the client was motivated by xyz when they were just genuinely ignorant and needed a good explanation julie replies that's why i like to ask questions to get the client or stakeholders to clearly clarify their reasoning and thinking often clients lack the language to appropriately even ask what they actually want in ppc so yeah sometimes you actually need to explain them what ppc can deliver 
because they might be assuming the wrong things. Um, Sarah Steeman replies saying, I offer an alternative and am clear about the logic behind the big old no. If needed, I have sources and documentations and backup and this community always have backup. John Kagan replies, well, I finally stopped doing it in the most insulting way. I typically lay it out as if we do this, then this bad thing happens and see if they figure it out. Otherwise, I get rude. Um, I feel that there should never be a reason to get rude. Um, just politely say no. Leave the rudeness to the other person. Julie replies. Julie then takes us on to question four saying, have you ever turned down a project? Why did you say no? How did you say no? In my way, it's, I have turned down projects. I've, and when I'm in projects, you know, it's always been in interview format. And what I tend to do is make it obvious that I'm not the right person for the world. I, I have a firm belief that you, an interview never really goes badly. You just clearly, especially if you don't lie and if you come there with the best intention and if they explain the job description well enough and you go in there and you answer the, the questions to the best of your ability, you will get the right job for you. Because if you then lie and say that, you know, you're right for the job and say yes to a job that you don't have the ability for, it's going to be stressful for you. It's going to be annoying for the person who employed you. And I think a good way of saying no is to just answer things to the best of your ability. I remember there was this project where they asked me to do a test and some of it needed, honestly, conversion rate optimization skills and abilities. I don't have that. And when it came to a point when they were like, can you analyze this landing page and give advice on what the, how the landing page should be optimized? I replied to them, no, that's something that a CRO person would be able to do and not me and you need to hire someone for that they didn't get back to me which I was fine with because I didn't want the stress of being expected to optimize landing pages when that's not my skill set but then we have some answers to question three as well saying doing brown from doing brown especially going show you our POV what experience tells us and give our take on what will happen 99% of the time. We never say it depends as that's vague and doesn't help. We give our feedback based on what we know to be true and what other factors impact what we are talking about. Lawrence as well replies to question three saying, luckily I have good working relationships with my clients. So we talk through the, through the why I will ask what their goal is. And we can oftentimes find alternative options that can meet those goals. They have the responsibility of growing their brand, their brand. And I respect that. Julia Vice replies to question four saying yes, but it's one, this one is really hard for me. I really like new projects. I love thinking about new ways to do cool stuff and new projects mean new revenue. It's very hard for me to say no when it's a new cool thing that I know will be fun. And if it's something that I could learn something new, new, new tech, I don't want to say no to. Sarah replies to question four saying yes. And I was offered a project by the same company six years later and went back to my notes and my reasoning was the same. It was a great self check. My life didn't align with what they needed and didn't later in life either. Amazing. And it's great when that choice, you know, that, that, that reasoning comes back to you, that opportunity in inverted commas comes back to you and you can confidently go, yeah, I know why I said no the last time things haven't changed and you're confident in your no. Cause sometimes we regret that. No, we're not sure, you know, and it's good to be able to stay, be steadfast in it and know that even if the opportunity comes again, the answer is still the same. 
And Kirk Williams replies to question four as well, saying we turn down project opportunities at least weekly, sometimes more often. Client fit is really important to us as is growing in a stable manner. The key is to say no clearly, but politely. A few things I've learned. One, you don't owe them an explanation. You literally have no relationship. And regardless of how upset they get, you have the freedom to choose who you partner with. We sometimes give a short explanation, but that can lead to long convos I've learned to keep short. Sarah replies, so true, and I'm guilty of diarrhea of the mouth and justifying myself when I say no, so I don't hurt someone's feelings. Oh, it's not about feelings. It's about priority. Cat continues too. People really get offended when they're turned down by an agency. I have opinions on why that is. But the sooner you realize you might get yelled at when you politely say no, the sooner you'll realize the red yelling just confirmed they would have been a bad fit. Three, always remain extremely professional, especially when this is done over email. You want the manner in which you've turned them down to be okay if it's shared publicly or with others in that prospect's network. That's very true. You know, be, have make sure you keep the professional stance always and he continues the more pre-filtering keyword questions and the longer you discover process the easier it is to turn prospects down learn as much as you can before promising a proposal or pricing have a great process with really good questions for determining fit quickly five we have a discovery questionnaire actually kind of long and then we have, it, uh, have a discovery call to determine fit before we even tell them whether we'll give them a proposal or account analysis. A lot easier to politely tell them we're not a good fit early this way because, yeah, if they don't ma match the questions, very well, very good way of doing that at that stage. And then continue, continuing and finally he goes uh, part six of this saying, retire your gut instinct over the years and then trust your sorry refine not retire refine your gut instinct over the years and then trust your gut every single bad client we've let slip through in past few years i knew they were going to be bad from the very beginning i just didn't listen to my gut trust it i'm done now <laughs> no Kirk, that was a great thread and yeah you can get more from his book ponderings of a ppc professional and the upcoming podcast which he clearly Gave credit to me coming with come up with the idea. I think Kirk on a podcast was just a, a fantastic idea waiting to happen. And I'm glad um, I helped push him in that direction. Julie replies as well to Kirk's thread saying, also a great weed out mechanism for those who can't be bothered to fill out the intake form. Kirk replies, right, you're already showing us that you don't care about our individual business process at all, but you're going to shoe or shoehorn us, a completely separate company, into yours. No thanks. Go hire an employee. And we have John Kagan replying to question four as well, saying unrealistic preset client goals was destined to fail. Sarah replies, I was very clear and transparent. I really liked the company, but I had to be true to myself. This is work after all, no hard feelings. In answer to question four, Julie replies as well, saying, yes, I turned down projects and have done so for many, many years. Trust your gut if you find yourself thinking, well, if about a project, say no. The sales process is as much about you determining if you want to work with the client as them with you. 
and Dylan re responds saying, yep, wasn't a good fit for me. Too many services on one client all handled by me and the project was too large for my capacity, especially considering the level of communications they required. I let them know I'm not able to go ahead with this project at this time. Yes, I love politely declining, especially free work when you know they have the budget for it as well. Those kind of ones annoy me. Lawrence Chase replies to question four saying, yes, if the goal is unrealistic or they believed that email that said X agency could get them four times revenue in just three months and wanted to know if I could do the same. Uh, he continues, I've also turned down work because the personality of the owner I would be working with a personality fit is extremely important for a long-term relationship, which is usually what I am looking for in a client. Julie Vice replies, ah, stay away from those promises. Google can fully automate us out of jobs tomorrow if it wants. It probably won't, but don't make weird promises like that. Yeah, another company saying that. They said that they can do this in X amount of time. Match that. And you're like, no, you go to them then. Robert Brady replies to question four saying, yes, the more experience I get, the more clearly I know where I'll be a good fit and where I want to be a good fit. And then Judy takes us on to question five saying, has your criteria for when you say no to something changed in the last year? If so, how? Yeah, with uh, with different experiences, with um, especially, yeah, the jobs that I had at the beginning of this year, I walked away from that caused me health issues and stress issues. You know, listening more to those initial conversations and listening to my gut, which, um, you know, Kirk and, and Julian, some of the experts have said already, listening to my gut more and listening to what will be a right fit for being, knowing what my path is. I know I'm a contractor, I know I'm a freelancer and I know I'm a great speaker, which is why I do this podcast and I'd love to do more interviews and talking about paid search and the likes that's where my path is so knowing that i can I, I have confidence in that and that if anything that isn't within that space in that within that path if that doesn't if that doesn't fit in anything that comes around that doesn't fit in there i can easily say no to that now but maybe not a year ago because i've had some huge experiences in this year that have taught me a lot John Kagan replies to question five saying no because there is no formal preset criteria. It is case by case. And Sam replies to question four saying all the time unrealistic budget, red flags for bad client, no capacity, not in line with our values or I don't believe we can add sufficient value. Sam continues and on the flip side, I also check to see how often where they are on credentials but losing on price or preference if that number is less than 50% something's probably amiss either we're compromising or we're not pricing correctly one of my things is to always be annoyingly fair on price because I believe in treating everyone exactly how I'd want to be treated but part of that is being fair to our team as well always be fair that's very good Dwayne Brown replies to question four saying we have an intake form to help us score opportunities. We usually say no because one, low revenue store under 500k per month, two, KPIs don't match and unrealistic goals, dropship site or something like that. We are honest on why we say no if we do a video call and then say no after that video call. It's usually for a few reasons. Wants us to compete on price, which we do not. You cannot expect to get senior talent for junior fresh out of school prices. 
Two, we don't think there's a match from a product market fit. And he continues, a lot can come up when you talk with potential clients and move beyond the business numbers and KPIs. This is the stuff that doesn't come out in our intake form. And then Lawrence Chase replies to question five saying, yes, because I continue to learn, we learn what personalities to look for when having the initial client conversations. We learn if a client is really willing to put resources behind a project or not. We are constantly getting better at understanding clients. Julie replies as well to question five saying, I have even less patience for nonsense after these past 18 months. Yeah, when we have to prioritize ourselves on mental health, that makes so much sense and similar here. Feeling like I have a good rapport with the person I will be working with is one of my most important factors here, here. Um, Roshan replies to question four saying, I recently did. I always have a hard pass on a few domains or industries, but this dude had vibes that were just not right. Too old to understand money ain't everything and I don't owe an explanation to anyone. And we have um, Chris Ridley replying to question four saying, yes, I have refused to work on a client due to their business conflicting with my morals. Luckily, my line manager was understanding and didn't push any further. I did my research and approached my line manager prior to being asked to work on the account. Roshan replies to question five saying, I would say not increased, but I'm getting wise as I grow older and now I can suss out people when I was young and broke and I used to take anything and everything old and yet broke me prioritizes peace over money. <laughs> and then Julie takes us on to our second to last question asking what kind of pushback have you gotten from clients or stakeholders when you've said no to something? How did you handle it? I've surprisingly, I've not had pushback. What I get are just the uh, communication just stops and uh, goes silent. They don't even try to argue with me when I say no, which actually I like. Don't 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 bother going that way when I put my firm, my foot firmly down. Sarah replies to question six saying, well, I have done things that I have said no to and I make sure it is documented. That being said, if it works, I have no shame admitting I was wrong and learning from it. And then Dylan replies to question five saying definitely has changed in the last year as this last year has been the biggest change in my career. I understand where my lanes are and what I'm good at or not ready to offer yet. I'm also a bit wiser of clients trying to disguise free work in their retainer. Very true. Very, very good shout out on that one, Dylan. Julia Vice replies saying lots of questions. Usually it's rare to get an insist an insistence though that did happen a few months ago led to a pretty big big discussion after the fact on expectations and instructions not super comfortable at the time but we all ended up on the same page it's good that we, you guys finally got there lawrence replies good debates can be healthy and a learning experience for one or both parties good thing about current clients is we can usually dig at the root of the request to find alternatives for them to still hit their goals julie replies to question six um going as i said in early answers i try to really figure out the root of a request that i'm not wild about first and foremost if it gets to where you know it must be a no explain well and document the communications on the no the reasons and any follow-up and then sarah continues her reply saying i have been told internally we know just do it because the client is set on it but if you are aligned internally, that is okay. Not ideal, but okay. 
that's a little bit worrying for me, Sarah. Like I feel like if I don't have a team who are going to be going to back me up when I confidently think that no should be the answer, that will worry me a bit. In a way, I like that I'm freelancer in that way, so I make my decisions. Chris Ridley replies to question six saying, yes, I will say no more often now in regards to managing my work, life balance and mental well-being. John Kagan replies, a mixture. Some agree, some argue, some yell. Some do it on their own and don't tell me. The key is to explain to them why I'm saying no and provide detailed reasoning. Mm, Or not even as detailed. You don't owe them that. And Julia Vice replies, you can go ahead and fire the ones that yell, unnecessary. (laughs) Sam replies, a little passion is good, no? (laughs) And Lawrence replies to question six saying, I don't think I have ever had a situation where it went beyond our conversation, but that is because we generally, generally talk through everything first. If it is a project with an existing client, we have generally found other options. And then we have Julie taking us on to the last question of um, this episode where she asks, what is the most outrageous request you've gotten for PPC? How did you handle it? I can't think of anything ridiculously outrageous, just some interview questions that were not part of my expertise. So I just said no to that. But interesting to hear the answers on this. Julia Weiss kicks us off saying, can we put an ad on the front page of Google? Then, of course, they invented discovery. <laughs> Hilarious. Dylan replies to question six saying, can usually go two ways. They understand and appreciate the feedback or they become frustrated and start to pick at anything else I say next. The latter is less common, but it happens. Sarah replies to question seven saying, well, I had quite a few supplement clients at one point. Lots of blushing and immature laughing and great keyword lists. Mm, interesting. John replies to question seven saying, build the account, build the account, put a $10 million iron in place, but don't spend anything. I plan on ruining this company. Later discovered the client was murdered by his business partner when the FBI asked us for phone records. Extra insight, this was in 0607. Aeronautical software company, two brothers owned it, hated each other, and were already in financial ruin due to believed embezzlement by one of them. They stopped paying pain bills, and two months later, the FBI reached out to our agency to ask questions. Wow, I don't think I want to go onto any answers. That really wins the, the the story prize today melissa mckee yeah goes holy hell i think you win the prize julie vice gang you have the best stories wtf dude julie does an exclaimed emoji and sarah an exclaimed meme there we are all shocked by this embezzlement fbi what is john kagan's life about anyway julia vice replies as saying as well saying okay here's a real one restructure the entire program set up new accounts other under an mcc this way versus the high performance current way why because we expect it to perform way better narrator it didn't and they lost a year of data doing this <laughs> hilarious Dwayne Brown replies to question five saying, we have more reasons to say no, more brands needs and want help. Uh, more brands need and want help. More brands are advertising online than ever before. We cannot help everyone. Roshan replies saying, I was asked to set up promotions and launch new campaigns when I was on vacation. Firmly told them I had informed, I had informed, sent you an email a month ago to say that I would be away from um, keyboard. Unfortunately, at this point, I can't be of any assistance. 
Getting you to try to start a Google campaign while you're on holiday, that is taking the mick. Dwayne replies to question six saying, most respect, must respect our point of view. If they really want to try something, as long as they know the risks, we are helping them out. Dwayne replies to question seven saying, nothing crazy recently, usually just asking for discounts on our pricing, which we say no and explain why we are priced the way we are. And on that very exciting note, although, yeah, after John's answer, I don't know how exciting it really got. That was, <laughs> that. yeah, that's our uh, episode come to an end. Although before we go, Dylan replied to question seven. Could we get another exciting answer here? Say more than one occasion I've had clients or prospects say, can't you just create a new account for Google Ads, GA, Facebook, or any account? They're too lazy to find out who in their company has access to. Oh God, remove access, check the access level. It's not that hard. Usually accounts that have years of data too. And then Julie replies, well, that is better than wanting a new account created because our accounts keep getting suspended, in which case run, do not walk away. Dylan replies, not proud to say I've got one of those on my books, handle their Google ads for years. But when their SM manager left, they asked us to take over Facebook, which is always suspended. It has not gone swimmingly, I must say. Yeah, so lessons to that. If a lot of things keep getting suspended, walk, no, as Julie says, don't walk, run away. So I found that chat very interesting. We, you know, ran into like longer than I thought it was going to be because you think how much can you talk about saying no, but loads of great tips there on, you know, how to do it, how things have changed um, over this year, how to really focus on your mental health, red flags that we, we've clearly pointed out. So yeah, I hope you found that very useful, taking some great takeaways and felt more confident in yourself to say no for what isn't right for you. But if you want to continue this chat and, and share more of your ways of saying no, or just hear more about our ways of saying no and getting tips, join us on Thursday at um, 5 p.m. GMT and 12 p.m. Eastern Time, where we're going to continue this chat led by the amazing Julie Bicini on Twitter Spaces. For any feedback about the podcast or even maybe some corrections on anything that has been shared, do get in touch with me on Twitter on my handle, The Marketing Anu. My DMs are open. Or join our LinkedIn group. We have the PPC Chat Roundup podcast group that we'd love to have you on. Yeah, so just send a request and I'd love to accept that. And finally, remember for your campaigns and businesses to glide smoothly, there's a lot of hard work needed beneath the surface. So, Keep your swans kicking and bye. Speak to you next week.